ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another District Yelter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Greetings and salutations, my happy noobs of the internet. Yes. Well, I don't know if they're noobs. I'd say they're probably veterans of the ones and zeros, or at least travelers of the ones and zeros. They're somewhere yes. out there. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific comer himself, Zelius. Greetings and salutations, good sir of the Alt Confusion Plaid Shirt Club. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangouts, a live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you during the show. If at any point during the show you have any topics, opinions, thoughts, questions, th subjects that you would like to bring up, uh, by all means, drop it in the chat, be it on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch. And or you just want to tell Charlie he's wrong. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, that's why I said opinions. And, you know, please voice them. Uh, if you just drop it in the chat. Doesn't matter which chat, it all pops up for us, and uh, we'll go from there. Now, of course, if we do unfortunately run out of time, we will add it to the very next show, which got to uh, gotta do one quick announcement, little uh, um, house cleaning, I guess. Um, we will not have a show next week because Charlie oh. will be in Chattanooga. It's not really a Thursday then. I know. It'll be weird. Maybe I'll do some kind of like live stream, uh, handheld, just check in. How about that? You should just wander around Chattanooga, like lost, like, hello? Hello? <laughs> Where is everybody? Where? I was told there's a party, guys. Where's the party? Uh, now, of course, uh, the reason for that is that I will be at Chattanooga for Chattacon. Chattacon does start on Friday, that Friday, uh, and goes through Sunday. Uh, and I do have some good news, although I still am not represented on the website. Uh, I do know that I am doing two panels. Two panels. Two panels, and uh, the panels are uh, video games should you for the good question mark, which I've been added. Um, uh, I've been given a co-host. Nice. Uh, who seems to know his stuff, so this should be interesting. And then the other one is, um. Which I'm, I'm going to try to see if I could steal the same dude for the other one because he probably has a little bit more or, well, you know, he'll be able to help me uh, with this next panel. And that is, so you complete your indie project and you think you're done, which is oh, an oldie but goodie. I've heard that one before. It has been a long time since we've dusted that one off, but they wanted. Are you going to watch your old ones to like take notes on to be like. <laughs> I, basically. Find Nurburger Games and do what they do. Okay? Ta-da! Done. Panel over. Yeah, panel over. Drop mic. Walks out. You should figure out a way to, like, feed Craig into your panel. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Chattacon's happening. Um, tickets are relatively cheap. Uh, if you're in and around the Chattanooga area, definitely come check, us, uh, check it out. Uh, Spooky Dudes will also be there. Uh, longtime friends of the show, you might know, you might know them by a different name, uh, Vitamin Geek. Oh, indeed. Uh, so Spooky Dudes will be there, uh, and I'm look, and unfortunately, uh, one of their um, panels is happening at the same time as ours, so I won't be able to attend theirs. No. But I am keeping an eye on all the panels. Uh, they're still kind of moving around. Uh, I'm going to try to map out some of the panels I want to record. Um, so that I can give those who are unable to make it to Chattacon an opportunity to see some of the awesomeness that happened at Chattacon. So perhaps uh, in 2025, you could go to the next Chattacon, which nice. would be Chattacon 50, if I the do, if my numbers up. are correct. Mm -hmm. uh, also, many of you know that after last week's show, which was the last one of 2023, I then attempted my 24-hour gameathon, which I was successful in navigating from start to finish. Right. There was a little bit of a, a hazy area there around like the 2.30 in the morning mark. But I can I understand that. Um, I played games like Bastion, um, Trinity Fusion, uh, Psychonauts 2, uh, Legend of Ruterra, the Halo Master Chief series. And a couple other games. I, oh, I played FTL. It was terrible at it. 
oh my gosh, I could not do anything right. Did you die instantly? Every time? It didn't take long. It did not take long for me to die a lot in in FTL and and, and made me very sad. I saw you play FTL that night. Yes. and and Not at 2.30, but in the evening. Yes, it was... uh, it was something. That's, let's just put it that way. I saw you play some Halo. Yes, yes, I did. That was a uh, a, requ- a special request from my my youngest son. Uh, nice. I actually did two sessions of Psychonauts too. Um, I did see the Psychonauts. And I feel like was there one other game that I stuck in there? Uh, maybe not. Did I you play any new games? Um. No, well, uh, Trinity Fusion was new. Hmm. Uh, oh, I did play Slay of the Spire. You also played Legends of Ruterra. Yeah. Um, I played Moonlighter for like half a second, and I was like, dude, if I try to play this, I'm going to fall asleep. I tried to play the Bookwalker, um, and it turns out that my brain no worky when I tried to play that game uh, during the uh, during the 24-hour gameathon, and... I did not realize that one of the, uh, when given the option, there were three options and not two. And so I restarted the game twice thinking, oh my God, I've done something wrong. Uh, when in fact the first thing was actually an option, uh, Ah. not, um, not just text on the screen. And once I did that, I was like, you know what? Probably don't want to embarrass myself any further. I'm going to try to get a different game. That's fair. Yes. All right. What was your favorite game you played over the time? Well, I I played all the way through Bastion. Oh, nice. Um, and then I played a ton of Psychonauts. Um, I put in. Let's see, how many hours did I put in for Psychonauts? Um, I apologize. I'm a little bit congested here. I've put eight hours into Psychonauts. That's a third of the time. Yeah. And there goes my my coaster that was stuck to the bottom of my cup that I didn't notice until it was at my mouth and then went flying across the floor. Fantastic. Why are you doing coasters? What did the coaster ever do to you, sir? I don't know. Anyways, all right, so let's jump into some of the uh, the stories of the new year, I guess. Um, I mean, we are in a new year. This is a true statement. So the first thing is, and I didn't think that this was, like, shocking news, but apparently for the first time ever, someone, a 13-year-old, has beaten Tetris. What? Yes, apparently if you get the high score of... Uh, I just want to make sure that I give enough nines here. Uh, <laughs> but um, if you get the high score of nine, 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 which is... What is that? Nine... Like 999,999. Uh, it will literally... Break the game. You get into like a buffer overflow. It's not made to go to seven digits. Yep. And so, hooray, you win. And uh, and to my shock, having you know played Tetris on the original NES, um, this hasn't been done yet. How has this not been done yet? I don't understand. I mean, it's pretty crazy because when you get high in the level levels and like the pieces are moving so fast, I, I mean. People have match scale to be able to keep up with those crazy fast moving pieces. Yes, but the okay, so it came out in nineteen eighty nine, okay? That's you think somebody would have done a bit in between that they, time. They have Tetris tournaments year yearly, at least yearly, if not multiple Tetris tournaments every single year, and no one has hit this magic buffer. It just doesn't make I I, I don't know. Though I do or like, have they, and it just kind of, or maybe this is the first time someone has video proof of it. That's what I mean. Like our first, because like if we did it back in the day, not that I did, or yeah. maybe I did, there would not have been any evidence. I do love the kid's reaction in the video, though, and when when it when it happens, he goes, "Oh my god, I can't feel my fingers," because as Celia's alluded to. That shit, Tetris they start dropping fast. Get Tetris calluses. Yeah. So congratulations to Willis Gibson of uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. He has a bright future in Rubik's Cube speeding. Oh, God. 
I I I don't know if I'm I'll ever. I don't. I don't think I'll ever. Tetris, you probably be really good at Rubik's cube speed. I I don't think I'll ever be able to solve a single Rubik's cube unless you allow me to basically break the Rubik's cube apart and put it back together. We're a group of kids on the robotics team. They graduated two years ago, and two of them were really into Rubik's cubes. Oh no, my my cousins, the they both of them sit- who are in robotics, love. Yeah, the there's something about it, yes, those robotics kids are like, and they could do it like in five seconds. It yeah. was pretty amazing. Yeah. Although it got to the point where I may have snatched one and thrown it against the big brick wall because it showed me so nuts. Or I could no longer handle uh-huh. the click clacking nonstop. I may have lost my temper. Um, it happens to the best of us, These are also the same devices that. So that team went to uh, the World's Robotics Competition, flying to Houston. They actually, because of the Rubik's Cubes, actually got the security lockdown protocol enacted because they have like all these weird random foreign objects in their luggage. They had like eight Rubik's cubes for some reason. And it triggers something to actually create like the sirens and everything. Oh, fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, it depends on the Rubik's cube, but the, the mechanisms to, for like really nice Rubik's cubes are built differently than, you know, the cheapo ones. Oh, no, they believe me. They don't have the El Chipo one. They got yeah. the ones because, like, the cheap ones you actually can't move fast enough. Like, yeah, because they snag because they don't have the ball bearings and stuff. Yeah, now, it's 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 a it's it is pretty amazing to watch somebody's really good at Rubik's cube just sit there and spin it. Yes. Now, uh, Zelius alluded to my plaid shirt tonight, and I just and and I just wanted I did it on purpose. Uh, as a joke, is this uh, a Christmas present for you? No, 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 no. This, 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 nightly. this, um, this shirt I think is uh, double the age of my eldest kid. Nice. <laughs> I've had this forever. No, um, the second story I want to talk about is uh, Twitch updating their, um, well, updating their policy and cracking down on implied nudity. So. I'm making sure that I'm fully clothed, <laughs> so I'm not it in the crackdown. Apparently, a new fad uh, that you know, because we have people that love to just you know test the limit, which I find humorous on occasion, uh, is that people will do either they'll give suggestive camera angles where it looks like the person mm-hmm. is basically streaming in the buff. But it's just the way the camera is framed. Yep. Uh, there's also individuals who have who are in the buff, but are wearing physically wearing sensor bars, so that they're not technically nude. Yep. Uh, so Twitch has come out and said uh, and said the following. Uh, This update is in response to a recent meta on Twitch in which streamers use black sensor bars or other items to block their bodies or clothing or position the camera frame such that the viewer is led to believe that the streamer is fully or partially nude. As of July, sorry, January 3rd, streamers will be required to make sure that there is no suggestion that they may be hiding obvious nudity. Uh... The update also requires coverage must be fully opaque. Um, sheer or partially see-through clothing does not constitute coverage, which that's vague. So, you know how people bitch about lawyers and there's laws for everything and stuff? Yes. This is exactly why. Yes. 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 <laughs> As people push the limit, and so it's like, okay. This is why so you have the warning on of the law or rule. Because it's usually the spirit of it. And now because you broke the spirit of it, now we actually have to enact an actual policy. Well, it's it's the same reason why you have like all the safety information. Like on co- on disposable coffee cups, it says caution, contents might be hot. Well, if it's a coffee cup, yeah, it's going to be hot. It's because someone decided to pour hot coffee on themselves going, I had no idea it was hot. Well, that's not exactly at all what happened with that case. But 
McDonald's had been warned many, many times that they're brewing their, and giving the coffee too hot, and McDonald's didn't care. Um, it had been a well-known fact that they brewed their coffee way too hot. For no, it, well, they, there was a TV, there was a uh, TV show that made fun of it, and that's what the person did in the TV show to kind of mock the McDonald's thing. That's why I didn't say McDonald's. But that's what it comes from. Is well, right, right, right. It's um, human stupidity going, well, it doesn't say I can't do it. So mm. um, it's like in our, we have like a big robotics manual mm-hmm. and what you can and cannot do. Two particular rules are one, you cannot have coffee beans on your robot. Uh-huh. And two, you cannot have animal parts on your robot. Huh. If you ever wonder why a rule is there. It's because someone did somebody it. tried it. <laughs> Oh, goody. Yep. Yep. There's, yep, that's why you have dumb rules is, yep. Okay. So, but here's, but here's the, here's the little bit of a twist here. Um, recently, uh, Twitch has um, introduced a new label uh, for streams uh, that have sexual content. In it, which basically means uh, erotic dances or fictionalized nudity, provided they are correctly labeled. Full nudity, still a no-no. Streams of this nature are not present on the homepage, of course. I'm guessing that they you probably just have to link it through social media. Hmm. But still, uh, yeah. I, look. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a ton of bands. Uh, there's gonna be misunderstandings. There's gonna be people who literally are gonna get something that is opaque. God damn it! I already know what people are gonna do. They're gonna they're gonna wear clothes that that are opaque, that are going to have suggestive stuff on it with a sensor bar. I, I just I can, I'm calling it right now. I was thinking having like the head and then have like an anime avatar for the rest of your body and keep on pushing it like the pixels closer and closer to see like what is the pixel limit of nudity. I guess you could do it with the black bar also. Yeah. Is like what is the pixel limit like before Twitch bans you? Well, I mean, you've, you've, that's basically view tubing. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's. Yep, people are going to push the limits. So, I'm fully clothed, damn it. I'm wearing opaque clothes, so is Zelia, so. I don't know, you're very suggestive of the chest hair under that shirt. <laughs> what chest hair? I don't have much chest hair. Yeah, no, no. All right. See, that's the problem, it's suggestive. Oh, I think you're wearing a shirt because you don't want to show off your chest hair, ergo, is suggestive. Actually, any other any other week, I'd be wearing this shirt because I'm embarrassed for the T-shirt I'm wearing underneath. But uh, it's an they Atlanta Hawks. It, it's no, it's an Atlanta Hawks shirt. They won last night. They amazingly won after being up by 17, and they won by three because the other team missed the three pointer at the buzzer. It could be worse. You could have a I love Arthur Smith shirt. Yeah. No. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. No. 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 Keep no. Arthur Smith 2024 hashtag. No. All right. Uh, speaking of naughty stuff, let's talk about the fact that there seems to be an uptick in individuals who are playing Baldur's Gate 3 uh, on the Xbox that are getting banned from the Xbox because they are uploading clips of the naughty, naughty uh, parts of Baldur's Gate which when you upload through Xbox, it, it automatically uploads to the Xbox server, and it is a big no-no to have uh, hanky-panky videos uh, being hosted on Xbox as it gets uh, Microsoft's um, terms of service. Uh, <laughs> so wow. I'm sorry, individuals who want to do that. My guess is get a capture card if you're really all that into it and... Uh, uh, Record onto your computer, and then you could share it with all your friends and family there. That's 
a very roundabout way of having to capture your gameplay. Well, no, they're the, the people are explicitly recording the the naughty sex scenes to show how naughty they are. But uh, if you do it on the Xbox, it automatically uploads to the Microsoft server, which then is a big uh-uh. Nice. And, yeah. I didn't know Microsoft were a bunch of prudes. I, I'm not sure. Like, does P, do everyone does everyone have access to it? Maybe it's like a gating thing. That's what I'm curious of. Is like, I wouldn't think it's like automatically just like shared on the world like YouTube. All I know is that um, uh, any videos that that you on your Xbox Series X S, um, any videos that you capture automatically gets uploaded to the Microsoft servers. So, huh? That's unless I, I wonder if there's a, I wonder if there is, Oh, you could, you can turn off automatic uploads though. So you can but just I mean, store like, it on your hard you drive. I didn't know that that's still kind of crappy to get banned for that. Yeah. I mean that, that does suck. Well, like, that's, that's why it's become a thing is that people are finding it out now that yeah, that's what's happening. That, that kind of bites. Yeah. Um, and a, and also, just a side note, uh, the developers behind Baldur's Gate 3, for those Xbox owners out there, they're still looking into the uh, the issue where save files are being wiped from your Xbox. That would be a pretty terrible outcome, too. You could get both in a double whammy. You get banned, and you get your save deleted. All in one fell swoop. The ultimate oh. ban hammer. Ba -ba -ba. So, yeah, that's happening. Yeah. See, this one, they're playing Boulder's Gate 3. <laughs> I don't want to get banned from Steam. Yes. Wait, no. Steam's not gonna Steam might care. Do, some of some of those games that, that pop up in Discovery Queues. Steam You're the only care. one I know who gets that into the Discovery Queue. I think that's just a you thing based on your viewing history and I, purchase history. No, I have never bought a sexually explicit game. Ever on mm -hmm. Steam, mm -hmm. and yet when mm -hmm. I do my discovery queue, mm -hmm. some weird ass stuff because I allow for mature titles to be displayed, mm -hmm. and so like some, some very yeah. out there is like, oh, you liked playing The Sims? Well, check out this Sexomatic Five Thousand game. Like, where it's, a, it's an erotic simulator. <laughs> Anyways. <coughs> Moving on, let's talk about uh, what our wonderful state is thinking about doing after a slew of incidents happened around Christmas time. And what I'm talking about is that the state of Georgia is, is now in the process of creating a law that makes it a felony to swat an individual. The reason and the, this is the this is the big story behind it is that state senator Clint Dixon of Gwinnett County was um, was saying goodbye to his in-laws when his wife was when he found his wife panicking in the other room. It turns out that his kids were playing uh, video games that Santa had brought and um the Gwinnett County uh, Police Department was called, and SWAT was basically charging up their front lawn. Uh, guns drawn, and they reported that an individual had said a male shot a female, and there was a hostage situation in their house. So. I mean, yes, like, there should be consequences for swatting whether they are whether it's a felony or whatever it is i'll leave that up to other people to decide but like it should be given to me um, it is a misdemeanor demeanor right now as long as no one gets hurt but yeah. they're they want to upgrade it to a felony the only the one thing i'm cynical about that on is mm -hmm. is it it's because a politician is the one who got affected by it well, I mean, that, this, that, that's the, that's the, 
there were numerous swatting events that happen around Christmas. It's just that the politician one is the one that made headlines. But there was an individual who is, the politician there, one had not happened. Would there still be a push to make it a felony? I. That's what it's like. Right. It seems like all of a sudden this politician is all of a sudden now like, oh, let's make it a felony because it happened to me. Like, unless uh, what it the actually is in their sphere of influence. Oh, it's like, hold on, no. hold on, hold on. It looks like somebody was literally just going down the Rolodex of uh, politicians in Georgia because this also happened to U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, this all, oh, it yeah, also happened bad. to Georgia Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones. Um, and also, uh, it says Senator John Albers from Alpharetta, Kim Jackson from Pine Lake, Kay Kirkpatrick from Marietta. Uh, we're also SWAT targets. So somebody basically was just going after all the politicians. Mm, mm, mm. Now, uh, as it stands right now, a person who makes a swatting call can be charged with an unlawful request for emergency service assistance. This charge initially is a misdemeanor of a high and aggravated nature, according to Georgia statutes unless it is inferred with critical infrastructure. Uh, when it becomes a felony, publishable by incarceration for no less than five years and no more than 10 years and a $100,000 fine. What makes it become a felony? Um, if it interferes with critical infrastructure, which my guess is that... Um, uh, it has to do with like government buildings, mm. would be oh. my guess. Yeah, probably not swatting like the Supreme Court would be a good idea. No, no, or or the Georgia Capitol, you know, or any yeah. of the the courthouses. But private residences, sure. Actually, I'm pretty sure if you swatted the uh, the governor's mansion, that would be a big no no as well. That'd be no good either. Yeah, but anyways, um, ladies and gentlemen. I understand that this wonderful thing called your computer screen makes you feel invincible and amenity also makes you feel like you get away with anything, but, um, control yourself. If, if someone's being an absolute douchebag, don't just don't play with them. Toxicity is out there and sometimes it's unavoidable, but you don't need to harass people. I still remember the, the scary thing that happened somewhere in the Midwest where um, uh, there was a swatting incident and an individual who was getting swatted gave the wrong address because he's mm. like, come on, bro, come on. And then an, in, a, an innocent individual was gunned down yep. uh, at that residence. So seriously, uh, don't do that. Yeah, the and I guess my take on it, though, is if you're swatting somebody, yep. and this is a overall more of a bigger issue in the United States in general, yep. is like the person, I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't be punished, but like they need more than incarceration. The problem is they actually need mental help at that point because they're doing something which is obviously not a something a mentally healthy and stable person would do. Right. And we have such a mentality and it's not just one. This is like in general, it's like, Oh, somebody did something bad. Just punish them. That'll fix everything. Yep. Where time and time again, we know that just punishing somebody actually makes recidivism worse. Yep. Like it only creates that cycle. And I wish at some point we'd be able to be like, Hey, yes, swatting or whatever it is, is bad. Um, but if this person did this, obviously there's some kind of mental issue. Maybe we should look at that side of that so that like this doesn't happen again, or this person can actually become a productive member of society and instead of just going down the hellhole that is the prison system. Yes. Well, I at least have a mental check because some people are just assholes. Well, that's true. Yes. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, legal stuff, let's talk about the fact that 
Google has finally been found out, ladies and gentlemen. Turns out that wonderful incognito mode that people use a lot on Chrome for less than, uh, you know, uh, proper moral uh, uses. Um, it turns out that Google is actually still tracking you uh, in incognito mode. So, I am shocked. There are tons of young boys or girls who utilize incognito to find more racy content, I'm sure. And mm. this is probably detrimental to them. I found that that it's used to find racy content so that your parents and or school do not know you're doing it. That too. Yeah. But still, Google knows what you do at night. Yep, Google knows all. Oh, dear God. Anyway, so... Sad day for those trying to sneak their porn fixes or whatever you do. That's why you just use a VPN that's proxied in to another country, and then it creates a fresh image every time you turn it off and on. See, here's the the thing about VPN that bugs the shit on me, okay? So I I would love to have VPN on uh, everything that I have. Unfortunately, because I have streaming services, VPNs, those streaming services no likey VPNs. Yep. They detected and they're like, oh no, this is bad. You're trying to do terrible things, sir. You're doing illegal things. You're you're trying to view something that you're only allowed to view at home. I'm like, I am at home. No, but it says that you're in Illinois. Okay, fine. VPN off. And then it's like, well, what now I'm not gonna remember to turn the damn thing back on. Yeah. It's it's a thing. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to pause real quick to thank some uh, beautiful individuals who help Ultra Confusion be the best and greatest Ultra Confusion that we could be. Uh, and these, of course, are the friends of the show. So, so without further ado, let us start with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts that challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. And oh my gosh, this is going to be really hard since I can't breathe out of my nose. This congestion is really good to me. So if, if I start like uh, hyperventilating, it's because I can't breathe. And they've started to update their website. So Woo. go visit and find out about them. Yeah. All right. The next shout out we got to give is to Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously White Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. Trying to say all these in one breath is going to kill me. I, I can already tell you that. All right. Next shout out is to the individual that if you're in the greater Atlanta area, uh, we all know that we get our aches and pains and I definitely gained a couple extra aches and pains for my 24 hour game a uh, because I have terrible posture while I game. Ladies and gentlemen, Hero Chiropractic is a unique Can healthcare you really practice. Have good posture for 24 straight hours of video gaming now. Huh? Can you really have good posture for 24 straight hours of video gaming? Definitely not. Anyways, Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus of, to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to herochiropractic.com. The next shout-out we got to give is to the music maestro himself, Crosspad Creative. 
Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need new music or audio for your content, just like Ultra Confusion? Crosspad Creative creates a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he could do for you. And the final shout out we got to give is to the original patron himself, Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both the development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the agile evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information and to check out his book, go to agileaxiom.com. All right, before I move on, I have got to take a drink. So one second. Oh, no! Don't die of thirst. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that you are now dying with curiosity about how you can become a friend of the show and have a shout-out every single Thursday night for during our show. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that Ultra Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you, and so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, intermitual beings, gods, demons, aliens, mummies, werewolves, swamp creatures, unknown creatures, supporters, and more to become active participants of the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have two different tiers. We have the $1 tier, that's $1 a month, or $12 a year. And what that will get you is early access to all of our playthroughs, as well as the ability to participate in patron-only posts and polls. If you're interested and feeling a little frisky about going slightly higher, there is a $5 a month. That's $5 a month or $60 a year. Not only does it give you everything at the $1 tier, but it also gains your name or organization added to the thank you to the friends of the show section of every single Thursday night hangout. So if you want to become a patron of Ultra Confusion, go over to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Altered Confusion today. Now. Usually this is about the time that I talk about Extra Life, so I just want to say thank you to everyone who came out to watch me play for 24 hours, as well as those who helped donate to the cause. We, or I wrote, raised, Rose raised, um, $525 uh, this year for Extra Life, which is phenomenal. That's actually one of my higher totals, and uh, that might actually be the highest total I've ever, I've ever had. Yes, it is. You know, what's fun is at the start of the new year, it resets. So yes. I can no longer link your page. No, and, and that's why I, I I have to go into my members uh, stuff. Does it do that like on January 1st? Yeah, it does. Okay. Uh, so in the 12 events, the 12 years that we that that I have been raising for Extra Life or you know, uh, gaming for Extra Life, I have raised a total, thanks to all you amazing individuals, I've raised a total of $4,381. Nice! Went fr um, for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, of course, specifically uh, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. So thank you again to all those amazing individuals who donated this year. And be on the lookout in probably February or March, I will be once again... Uh, setting up the next Extra Life uh, campaign. Very nice. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump back into the stories. And this one is, I guess, some sad news for individuals out there who love the game of Hearthstone. Uh, well, in part. Uh, it turns out that one of the modes in Hearthstone is apparently being sunsetted. And that, my friend, that mode is Duel. The dual game mode will be discontinued in April 2024. So if any of you out there who are Hearthstone players have any active duels, you need to get them done before April 2024. I played Hearthstone like when it first came out. I liked it well enough. I thought that Hearthstone was an absolute gambling game. I did not like it. And so I just continue to play Legend of Terra. I didn't play no. I didn't 
I guess, get that far into Hearthstone. It just felt. It really felt like a game of chance to me. Now, I, you know, other people could. Yeah, you know, every. Here's the beautiful thing about video games, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to make this abundantly clear. Everyone is entitled to their own experience. Not everyone is going to play the game the same way, nor is everyone going to get the exact same experience out of the game. So, Nope, your experience is wrong. You're a noob. All right, thank you, Jonathan Blow. God, I still can't believe that guy had the, the cojones. Well, actually, the guy's an arrogant douche, but... Uh, he had the cojones to God. What was the game? Braid. That's wow. That's really old now. But he went on and basically uh, left comments on people's YouTube clips of people playing Braid the wrong way. Sure. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That's a great way to make friends, bud. Anywho, so once again. If you are a Hearthstone player and you've got some uh, active duels, you have, we're in January, February, March, so three months to get all your duels out of the way, which I'm pretty sure you could do. I don't I don't, I don't know how long duels take, but I'm, I'm assuming that they're, they're pretty quick. Uh, now, here's some great news for those out there who... It's actually great news yes, in the world? yes. There is some great news in the world. And this one is all about the fact that there is or was an MMO out there that was huge and had a hell of a following. And then, of course, it got shuttered. Um, but um, as sometimes happens, a bunch of um, people with a lot of know-how decided to try to keep that game alive. And they have successfully kept that game alive. And now they have an official license. And the game that I'm talking about is City of Heroes. Oh, no shit. I remember that game. NCSoft and the City of Heroes fan server Homecoming have come to an agreement to allow for the Homecoming to have an official gaming license. Um, for those who don't know, Homecoming was built off the original game code which was uncovered back in 2019. Uh, the server not only restored the original MMO content, but included new class features, mechanics, and quality of life updates. Um, the, the team behind it has covered its costs off of donations. Playing on the server is free. And of course, but at the same time, all the players understood that at any moment, NC, um, NC Soft uh, could literally just you know pull the rug from uh, out from under them, and the servers could be shut down. But uh, there is time to rejoice, and um, there is still a chance that at some point NCSoft could say uh, no more. But for now, uh, it appears that they they have the green light, and they are actually. Um, hold on one sec here. Oh shoot, I just lost the thing. No. Yeah. So basically, it's it allows for the the continued existence of the game, which is awesome. I feel like <clears throat> I remember back in the day. This makes me feel really old, but back in the day, there was a um the Matrix Online game. Oh, geez. And there were literally like people that were streaming and refused to log off because they didn't want it to end. But this is just, this is actually a, you know, feel good story that these individuals um, have actually gotten the blessing for now of the owners of the IP to continue to do what they're doing. So, yeah, I mean, if. Cities of Hero wasn't going to actually, you know, have anything happen to it. Um, this is a cool way of doing it to allow them to actually be able to do it. Yeah. So I applaud for once a developer or publisher not being a total asshat in a case where, you know, it doesn't do harm to an IP that's probably not going to go anywhere. And it sounds like they are doing a good job of stewarding it anyways. It wasn't like, City of Heroes is going to turn into a hentai game 
or something that probably would have got the kibosh. Yeah, no. It's like they were doing, you know, good things to it. So I think it's pretty cool that that actually happened. Now, speaking of IPs, let's talk about the fact that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, as soon as the clock struck midnight and began 2024, the <coughs> the license on Steamboat Willie, the original uh, Mickey Mouse uh, little featurette, uh, went, um, oh, what the, oh, God dang it. Public domain. Thank you. Went public domain, which means that it's no longer protected and you could do whatever you want. And guess what? Within a couple hours of it being public domain, we already have a Steve But Willie horror movie and video games being announced. I think my favorite comment I saw about that was, you know, um, video game and um, Hollywood developers can't come up with any original ideas based off an established IPs. You know, within hours, we get all kinds of crazy new ideas of what to do with Steamboat Willie. Or just look at all these developers have done with um, Alice in Wonderland. Yep. And doing some things. So it's, I found that amusing. I'm like, yep, people have some creative ideas out there. There are a couple out there. I mean, that's why you see so many, uh, yeah, Alice in Wonderland is, is a great example of something that can that gets done over and over and over again because public domain. Well, that one works well because you have so many motifs off of it, especially like looking down the looking glass and you can do like very easily transition to like psychedelic type of and horror type of things. Right. It seems to be what you see. Exactly. Um, also, um, and this is something that also happened was that another big name that went public domain last year, and this is why you saw the horror film come out which way did the poo um there was that oh, I can't oh, missed that one. what was the name of the 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 winnie the pooh horror movie i can't remember off the top of my head but actually let me google real quick eat the poo no the poo horror movie it is called uh winnie the pooh blood and honey and it is creepy. And there's already a sequel planned. It's a horror slasher film. Hmm. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. So once something goes public domain, it's, uh, you know, all bets off. I I would not be surprised at all if um, Steamboat Willie, which has an unfortunate name, because we know that there are going to be individuals who are going to take it to the more sexually explicit zone now that it's available. Hey, it'll be perfect for your Steam curation list. Oh, my God. You'll be the first to know. No, thank you. You can have a special alt confusion after hours. Lord. No, thank you. It seems to be a popular thing on Twitch. You could have some bars going across your body. I don't think anybody wants to see any more of my body than they see currently. It's not about actually seeing the body. It's about the intimation of what is there to see. Oh, Lord. A tease. No one, no one wants a tease of Charlie. That's what you make them believe. Sure. That's the whole point. Sure. You don't know what's under that mask. Oh, for love of God, Zelius. Oh, bad news, ladies and gentlemen. Kim Kardashian Hollywood, the game is being shut down after 10 years. I didn't even know that was a thing, so. You got a last chance to go play before the servers die. <laughs> I'm good. I, I don't need to know. I really don't need to know. Ever. Your, your interest is not peaked. It's very disappointing. No. It's not peaked at all. Um, all right, so I do. I do want to circle back real quick um, and want to promote the fact yet again. Chatacon is happening next week, uh, January the twelfth through the fourteenth. I'll be there starting the eleventh because um, I like to get up there nice and early. Um. 
and I will be doing at least two panels. Maybe I'll jump on some more, and I, of course, will be recording some. And one of uh, one of the authors that I'm a huge fan of is actually the the featured author. Oh, uh, nice for um for Chattacon. He, of course, is a, a John. <laughs> God dang it! Oh, I'm gonna die. John I'm Harkness. Dark. I'm sorry. I'm like getting more congested as the game, as as the game, as the show goes on. Um, he's got a lot of fun stuff. Um, a lot of fun books that I've read a bunch of. Um, I met him oh, at least at. I'm pretty sure I've met him at Canuga, but I'm pretty sure that I've also seen him at other conventions as well. But he's a cat lover like Zelius. I saw another one of their guests of honors is known for bringing a cat, cat yep. to the highest summit. Yep, yep. Sarah Clemens. So, cat lovers and dragons. Apparently they should do like a, uh, they should do a, a um, not donation, a um, adoption drive for cats at Chattacon. That should be like their thing. You never know. I'm just saying they have cat lovers that go hand in hand. You never know. But it might be against the hotel policy. Well, you can do it outside. They're lost, not there. Not, you know. You can do it in the courtyard. There you go. All right. So, um, Zelius. Now at the start of the 2024, is there any games that you have your eyes on? I started playing this week. A it's an oldie, but uh -huh. damn you, Steam Winter Sale. Um, it is Warhammer 40k. Um. They have the dumbest titles to their games. I yes. hate them. Um, but this one is called, because I don't actually know what it's called. It's Warhammer Inquisitor Martyr. Uh -huh. But it's weird because then there's an expansion called Warhammer Inquisitor Prophecy. It technically installs two different installers. I'm like, what the hell is it? But whatever. Um, it's a really fun action RPG. I'm really liking it. Um, I find the combat much more visceral and interesting mm -hmm. than Diablo 4. <laughs> like, I have no desire to play Diablo 4 right now because I'm like, damn, this combat's fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the only thing that annoys me... Okay. It's like, it's a fun game. The one thing I don't... One of the things I do like, super short missions. Like, you can complete the mission in like five to ten minutes. So it's very easy, like, you know... I like off from work. I got, you know, a little bit of time before I eat dinner. I can log in and do a couple of missions, right? Yep. Like, you know, they're going to be nice and quick, bite-sized. I like how they do the missions. The one thing I don't like about the class makeups. So they have a um, sniper class. Mm -hmm. Or they don't call it sniper. They call it a um, assassin. And, but it's very clear it's supposed to be like the range type of class. And they have like sniper rifles. Mm -hmm. It's like one of the more interesting range type of classes I've played in a or a action RPG. Mm -hmm. Most ranger classes in every ARPG are the same. It's like, oh, you throw a trap. You have a lightning bolt. Cast it at them. It's like the same class. Oh, you have a little flippy thing where you go backwards. Congratulations. Um, and this one, you actually have like true sniper skills and stuff. But the problem I found out when playing other classes, they have much more interesting range skills. Uh-huh. Um, like the Crusader has like a freaking flamethrower and like he has, um, he can throw, um, he actually has a, um, mortar gun mm -hmm. that shoots bombs at enemies and like large explosions everywhere. I'm like, this is so much more fun. So it's like, that's my only criticism is like some of the class compositions are a little bit like, I don't know, reverse of what I'd want. But overall, if you like ARPGs, it's definitely a fun game to check out. I would not buy it full price because it goes on sale all the time. Yeah. Um, I actually have it in my Steam library. Yeah, you should check it out. It's fun. I mean, the sniper class, it's a fun class. Don't get me wrong. But if you start playing other range classes that have range, I'm like, the range class on this 
classes totally gimped. And the biggest issue is, is like those sniper skills, they're all single tiger damage. And when you're getting attacked by like 20 mobs at once, like where's my freaking flamethrower? <laughs> so I apparently have oh. played 11 hours of prophecy. <laughs> yeah. That's the game. Yeah. That's it. I, I liked it. Um, but any, any, but it is a game where like any class can go like, well, your three main classes, because there's weird ones, can go like full melee or full range. Right. So you can kind of custom build it however you want in that regard. Um, but yeah, it's a solid game. I. Um, How many hours have I put into it? I thought you said that. I'm just curious. I, I'm currently doing a playthrough or recording a playthrough of a game called Hand of Glory. Uh, and then I'm once that one's done, I'm gonna do the play. I'm gonna redo the playthrough of the Expanse, hmm. and um, and then I well actually shoot. I also promised my son that I actually re would record a playthrough of a game that I randomly picked up during a Steam sale somewhere. I don't know, uh, called Inspector Waffles. <laughs> so I'll do a playthrough of that. And I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have to add my voice to all the dialogue because I'm pretty sure that's not voiced. Are they going to sit there and watch you as you play it? God, I hope not. I'm sorry. I When I'm doing playthroughs, I do not want anybody else in the room. And yet you put it in there for everyone to see. I know. Isn't that weird? I think it's... I'm I Like, if I'm streaming, I'm cool with it. I just... I think I become self-conscious <laughs> while I'm recording and I don't That's want, right. I also don't want to get distracted. I want, I don't want to be doing a recording and then like wander off for like 10 minutes because someone's having a conversation with me. I get that. That's, that's, I don't think totally odd to be honest. Yeah. So, uh, be on the lookout for hand of glory, uh, the expanse and inspector waffles. Because I promised my son I would do that one too. <laughs> nice. Uh, but other than that, um, I'm still messing around with the the Meta 3. Um, we now have two in the house. So that there is no uh, children beating the crap out of each other for who gets to use it next. What's the fun in that? Uh, we also got the uh, USB-C cable so that we can plug it into the computer. So if we actually do have a VR game, we could play it. But it turns out that I have no VR. Well, I've got one VR game that I have no idea where it came from. But Wait, what about Snarf Quest? That's not VR. I thought he added a VR module to it or VR mode. There, there might be like some kind of compatibility, but it's not strictly VR. Okay. Yeah, it is not. Yeah, but I remember he added a VR element to it. Let's find out. I'm going to go to the store page. Oops. Uh, No. No VR. I could have sworn there was something added for it. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, anyways. Oh, well. What do I know? Apparently, SnarkQuest is still considered early access. It is, and will forever be because he had to move on to another project. Um, which is actually uh, a card game that I um, saw displayed at Chatacon two years ago. Oh. Uh, which I cannot remember off the top of my head now. I know I've, it's, it's, in, it's in my... My cabinet of games. Um, you do have many. Yes, I do. And we got more over the Christmas uh, holidays. So um, we got five minute. Oh, what the hell was it? Five minute dungeon? Now, oh gosh, now I'm going to have to Google it. Hold on. Um, five minute dungeon board game. I think that's what it's called. Yep, five minute dungeon, and it's basically you have a character, you have a deck of cards. Each character, um, it's for one to four. I think it's one to four players, or maybe it's yeah. Um, and you have five minutes to defeat a dungeon, 
and each dungeon has more cards that you have to go through. And basically what you have to do is you have to match symbols of cards in your hand to the card, the symbols required to basically conquer that card until you get to the boss. And, hmm. um, my eldest son found that one of the characters is severely OP. And if you can hold on to one of the cards in it, will automatically beat the boss every single time, no matter what. So, yeah. Good to know. Yes. He's breaking the system already. Yes. So we got that. We also got a game called Trash Panda, which is a, it's a raccoon game. It's a card game where you're trying to collect trash. Sounds and all right. uh, you get scored for having gaining the most trash. And there's also a card game called The Game, which is uh, a game where you have four different uh, piles that you have to basically, everyone's got cards, or they everyone draws from the same deck. And there's just a shit ton of cards that go basically from 99 down to two. And hmm. you have uh, two piles that start at one, and you're going to be counting up. And you got two piles that are going from 100 and going down. And you're trying. It's a it's a collaborative game where everyone's trying to place cards in such a way that you can clear uh, the deck. And it okay. is hard as balls. I think the closest I've we've ever gotten is eight cards from uh, going out, which, according to the rules, is. Anything 10 or below is excellent. So we're doing awesome. But what about six cards or below? I think they, I think that there, there should be like a superlative if you get within five, but there you go. they don't. It's, they, they basically all. say 10 or under. That's, that's as good as you get for a superlative as 10 or under. Yeah. And there you go. But still, that's fucking impressive. Nice. Because <laughs> there have been times where, that means that you literally, that everyone playing has drawn card, that there is no draw deck anymore. There's no draw pile. Mm. That's damn near impossible. Because there's going to be times where you you can play as many cards as you want to. Yeah. And then you replace the number of cards that you played. But there's going to be times where you have a card and the closest thing is like, you're, you're going to, add 20 to the debt, you know, the card that's there is like a 16 and the closest thing you have is a 36. You got piss <laughs> off a lot of people because you just jumped a bunch of numbers. I got you. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. Um, I'll probably mess it around. Uh, there is a, um, there's a couple games that we got on the meta three that I'm nice. interested in. Uh, there's a Jurassic park game. Uh, that I haven't get, got a test drive yet. And then, ironically, something that Zelius, uh, one of the um, public domain IPs that uh, Zelius brought up, uh, there is an Alice in Wonderland game called uh, Down the Rabbit Hole uh, that we've played around with and is pretty interesting as well. Nice. Yeah. So I guess it's appropriate to have a Alice in Wonderland like going down the rabbit hole theme game on VR. Yeah. Because you're immersed in this alternate universe well the cool thing about the game is that it's it goes uh third person and first person depending on what room you're in okay so like for if you're trying to like move from room to room or try to see what's around you're usually in third person unless it's like like a small room where they're trying to highlight a specific thing and then they give you first person view hmm. which is pretty dang awesome and then of course just for shits and giggles we also got the uh, a roller coaster uh, game, first person roller coaster. So you ride the roller coaster yep. via VR. Yep, that would really make me hurl. It's as long as you're sitting down, you're fine. I've learned that I get a little unsteady when there's a little bit too much action if I'm standing. But I will tell you this: it it, it does. My I I wish that there was a way. Well, there is a way. You just have to recalibrate every single time you change rooms. But basically, the VR headset is is meant to be in one specific location. Yes, it is. And not, I'm in this room, and I want to play VR. 
Now you got to remap the entire thing. Stare at the floor. Walk around a little bit. Make, make sure that there's enough room. Okay. Now hit the OK button and then start playing. And oh, by the way, we didn't really register this one surface because I don't know. So there are times where things get cut off. You're just like, you son of a bitch. But anyways. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Zilly, any closing thoughts? All right. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we will not have a show next week. I apologize. But I'll make up for it uh, the following uh, Thursday, for sure. Uh, but until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zeely, it's been a pleasure to give you to cover our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back in two Thursdays from now. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. <laughs>